0: Welcome to Sunflowers at Halftime, a positive basketball podcast. We're here, the focus is on optimism rather than criticism. We're only a few days away from the start of the 2023-24 NBA season. We're so close. And being so close, it's only right to want to do some team previews, to go team by team, to dive deeply into each team and, and what their season outlook is. What's their roster composition like? What could this team become? What might be some of their goals? What are some off season moves they could do? Who are some players to look out for? What are some storylines that are on the surface and what are some that are more embedded that aren't as, you know, apparent to our eyes. But before we do that, there's a few smaller consumable podcast episodes that I'd like to do. And I'd like to start that this mini-series before we do team previews, again, as the season kicks off in a few days. And the first of which I wanna celebrate two of my favorite young prospects in the NBA. They are rookies. They are as alike as two humans can possibly be. And if you haven't guessed by now, We're going to spend this episode celebrating, giving love and handing out flowers to Amen and Asar Thompson, AKA the Thompson twins. But we're not just going to talk about them broadly. We're going to talk about them through a lens that is relevant to this podcast and its brand because we're going to use a scouting scope. And we're going to use one of the philosophies here at Sunflowers. Which is more of a focus on how a prospect or player does something rather than what they do or who it's against. A focus more on the process and less on the outcome or the competition. The Thompson Twins are a perfect example of that. Not just when they were prospects before reaching the NBA at Overtime Elite, but also now. And how, regardless of the way in which you're coming into this season, the lens in which you like to view the league or the lens in which you like to scout or assess your team or just assess players in general, the way in which you like to be a fan and watch games, that maybe, maybe there's another way to view it as opposed to being attached to just the outcome. What happens? What if we focus more on the process on how a player does something? So for Amen and Asar Thompson, AKA the Thompson twins, let's celebrate how these twins play the game of basketball. Let's get into it. Before we get into it, a couple corrections from last podcast. Um, aside from just a random slip of the tongue where it was mentioning one team and it should have been another, I think I mentioned the Bucks once when it should have been the Heat or vice versa, um, I mispronounced a prospect's name. Um, it is the young player who plays for the Celtics. Currently, he plays over in France. He was a second-round pick two years ago, and that is Juan Begaran. I believe I pronounced his name as Yuhan uh, Begarin. And so his name is actually pronounced, um, after watching a couple interviews, because of course, um, this is an inexact science, uh, scouting, but pronouncing someone's name, um, is just a, a form of respect. So apologies, apologies to, um, if I use any French flair, uh, Juan, apologies to you and any of his fans. And from here on out, Juan Begaran, that is how you pronounce his name anyway. Let's get into the Thompson twins process versus outcome process versus competition. Shifting our lens to focus more on how a player or how a prospect plays the game of basketball rather than what they do or who they did it against. I have personally found to be healthy, And honestly, incredibly enjoyable when it comes to assessing prospects and just viewing basketball as a whole. So right now, what jumps out at you when you're consuming basketball media? I think for a lot of the population, it's hyperbolic hot takes. It's reactionary labels or judgments or, you know, assertions as to what a player is, right? And that's all based on output, right? It's based on outcome. It's based on what they are doing or what they aren't doing. And thus then they are labeled as such. But what if we slightly tweak that? What if we slightly shift that? What what, what if we take a step back and shift that, right? And we look at how a player does something. We look at the process and we appreciate that process. We fall in love with that process. We watch with open eyes, not squinted eyes for scrutiny. We, we open our eyes with wonder and curiosity. And now that sounds cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because it's true. The more we open ourselves up to wonder into what is this, Who who is this prospect? And let's watch how they perform. Shots go in, shots miss. Assists are completed, sometimes the ball is turned over. But how is that player assessing the game? How are they processing? How are they moving? How are they scoring? How? Let's focus on that. And before we get into the Thompsons, let's talk about the example that has been most relevant probably in the last decade. And that comes from a small gym in Greece. I'm talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that famous footage of him, that grainy footage of him playing in a lower, I think it was second or third division in Greece. And how, if you watch that footage prior to the draft or even following the draft, if you, if you focus on who, some of the takes back then around the draft time were look at who he's playing against, will he be able to replicate? Would he be able to replicate this right now? If he was starting for Kansas, right? And Kansas is going to play Texas would he be able to replicate this? What is he gonna look like when instead of, you know, guarded by somebody in the clip, when he's guarded by Paul George, what's it gonna look like? And it's, of course, that's an impossible question. We have no idea, all we can do is speculate based on the video, right? But then also if you look at what happens in the video, is he making the shots? Is he turning the ball over? Is he traveling? Is he bobbling the ball at all? Is he, you know, what? Wh- is he committing charges? Is he out of control, right? What's the outcome? Look up his shooting numbers. Look up his percentages. Look up his statistics. And what wound up happening for some people, right, scouts that use scrutiny and skepticism was given his level of competition and given what some of his analytics were saying, it's hard to imagine this player becoming successful in the NBA. He's not only too much of an unknown, what we do know based on what he does and who it's to get and who it is against Not sure if we are appreciating this prospect and what they could potentially be, what if we, again, shifted our focus. If we went back and we load up that clip, fire up the video and we watch how he plays, if back then You just wanted to see what was going on in that video. You weren't attached to the outcome. You didn't care if he made or missed the shot, turned the ball over or converted an assist, and you didn't care if it was in Madison Square Garden or again, in a small gym in Greece. Watch the processing. Watch the process. Watch how Giannis plays basketball. Watch how he moves. He was gliding around the court. Those long strides. Him being able to, you know, pivot and cut on a dime. Take up so much ground with those strides without losing balance, without losing stability. Look at how he's able to maneuver with the ball. How he's able to snatch a rebound. And in a few strides push that ball in transition and already be over half court. And with that length and that size, then look at him when he's around the basket, the aggression, combined with the finesse, look at him seeking open teammates. Look at him with the confidence to take shots, the confidence to freestyle, to experiment. If you go back and you watch that clip and you watch that video, the highlight video, the pre-draft scouting video of Giannis, it can be easier to see how, because now we know what Giannis has become, right? Who he has become. How Giannis has affected the league. We can see that now. So we can retroactively go back and safely view how. But you know what's more fun than that? Not turning that lens off. So let's go to this year. The Thompson Twins. Amen and Asar Thompson from the Overtime Elite. Two of the purest hoopers that I've seen probably ever. Ever. They are six foot seven hyper athletes. And when I say hyper, I don't mean spastic, I mean elite. I mean the type of elite athleticism that they stand out from day one surrounded by NBA peers and fellow NBA athletes. We saw it in preseason, or excuse me, we saw it in the summer league, and now we're seeing it in preseason. They move differently. I think if you remember back in one of our previous episodes, the mock draft for this last draft, Amen and Asar, um, we used a word to describe both of them, um, each of them individually. For Amen, it was sudden. Everything he did felt sudden. It was just all of a sudden he's doing this and there was suddenly he's, he's here the way in which he played. You couldn't quantify it, right? There, There, there wasn't a way to, to, to necessarily measure that with a number. So we have to be a little more creative. So that's where here during the mock draft, there wasn't just one word to use. It wasn't, It wasn't as like a blanket of a statement of, oh, he's explosive. He's not just explosive. Oh, he's quick. He's not just quick. He's sudden. And when it came to Asar, the word that was used was apparent. He just happens to be there. He happens to be here. He happens to be everywhere. Not just in movement, but involvement. They're both incredibly special with how they play the game. So why did it matter to consensus who they played? Why were many amateur and professional scouts so hung up on the idea that they were not playing a high level of competition? I mean, these are six, seven fluid, dexterous, cerebral, anticipatory, reactionary, explosive prospects, humans. They have it all as natural hoopers. I mean, they have those intangibles you cannot teach. So why did it matter who they played? And why did it matter what they did? Why were their shooting percentages so scrutinized? Sometimes we can get so cute with analysis that instead of trusting what's right in front of us, we can become over-analytical. And sometimes we miss what we're seeing right now in summer league, what we saw in summer league and what we're seeing right now in preseason if you watch um, YouTube open runs with Rico Hines, which is, you know, pick up basketball, but it's pick up with all NBA players. Uh, they do it at, in UCLA or on UCLA's campus rather every summer. And Rico Hines is, um, I believe now a de- player development coach for the Toronto Raptors. And teams will send like almost like a certain chunk of their players there. Um, you know, there were representatives from the Raptors, representatives from the Pistons. There were some Lakers there, some Clippers there, 76ers. And a lot of these, you know, young guys will play together. And every once in a while, we get some stars there too. And Asar, we got to see Asar there. And it was absolutely fascinating watching him. Absolutely fascinating. But back to How? Why did it matter so much who they were playing against or what they were doing? Why were why were there so many yeah but statements? You know, this is a, this is a direct call out. If you listen to scouting podcasts, you read scouting articles, you follow scouting social media when it comes to the NBA draft, then you one hundred percent witnessed it and are still witnessing it. I listened to a podcast literally earlier this week that started talking about the Thompson Twins, and it was a yeah, but. Yeah, they look special out there as, as athletes, but we'll see if the shot really comes around. Why? Why? What's the point of saying that? Who does that benefit? Does it benefit the Thompsons? Does it benefit fans of the Rockets or the Pistons, or just general NBA fans? Does it benefit the front office? Does it benefit their teammates? It, 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 There's no benefit to that type of dialogue. What it does is it creates a negative impression, negative information to then potentially try and affirm Because you're watching not just openly, you're watching with a preconceived notion of what a player can or can't do. When if we go back to the origin of what this podcast episode is about, it's about how, it's about the process, it's about being open to watching and discovering how a prospect plays basketball. The beauty of the form gets lost, that lovely nuance, that delicious flow can be ignored if we attach to the rhetoric that what they do or who they do it against matters the most. And the Thompson twins are proving that wrong every single time they step on a court no matter who it's against, no matter where it is, watch the Thompson Twins play basketball. Because we don't need the negative anticipation because it's strange. Because why not just let our eyes discover it as fans? Let's take a peek. You know, let's have a see of these prospects. Let's see them. Let's watch them. Let's discover them. You're a Piston fan. Or you're a Rocket fan. Let's just say you're a Piston fan. And we're talking about Marcus Sasser. And you're you're, you're very excited to watch him. You watched him during March Madness. Um, you've seen him over the last few years at Houston. You're so excited to see how he blends in with this roster. And you go on and you listen to a, a, a draft podcast where they're talking about the Pistons picks. And there's somebody on the podcast that is skeptical about how he's going to fit that says if you look at his advanced numbers he's he's not a great distributor of the ball or you know he 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 can't do this or yeah but when he was playing in the at the, at the NBA combine um you know he, look at how he played against against more athletic players what does that do to our brains it gives us something to look out for, right? So no longer are we naturally just, we're not excited, we're not as excited rather. What winds up happening is we are conditioned then to notice the threat, the threat of potential weakness, of a perceived judgment. And the more and more that happens, whether it's people memeing online, like someone can go two for 10 in a game and there will be hundreds if not thousands of accounts, whether it's on Twitter or Reddit or you name it. And they will say so-and-so's trash or they're not good or they're a bust or you know do nicknames. And look, that's just, that's just internet culture, right? But the more and more that happens, the more and more that rhetoric can become habitual and it can become something that actually gets cast upon the player. And then no longer is it about discovering how a player plays the game. It's watching with, with, with your fist clenched, living and dying based on the shot going in or out between them producing or not. Is that a healthy and fun way to watch basketball? Is that a fun or, or healthy way to evaluate up and coming talent? it seems very unnecessary the way to rewire that lens is by stepping back and the next time you watch a game let's talk let's use the marcus uh, marcus sasser example again the next time you watch sasser who cares if the shot goes in or out who cares what his box score plus minus is The next time you watch him, focus on how he plays the game. Watch what he does, right? or not what he does, but watch the way in which he plays. Watch the process. Watch the form. Watch how he shoots. Watch how he dribbles. Watch how he distributes the ball. Watch how he fits in. Watch how he decides to take over in certain moments. Learn how Marcus Sasser plays basketball. Learn the process. Learn the style before casting a judgment on whether he's good or bad, right? We don't need the polarity, why? Why, these are young players. Let's let them figure it out. So back to the Thompson Twins. Everything that they do, if you're watching during preseason, Not excuse me, not everything that they do, sorry. not everything that they do shows up on a box score. They are both going to be notorious for hockey assists. because both of them can get wherever they want when they want, especially Amen, the way he knifes into the paint. There are a few players that can do that the way Amen can so naturally in today's NBA. And one of them is Shea Gilgis Alexander, where when you watch Shea Sometimes it seems like he's moving at half speed. Yet he's able to literally penetrate and get to wherever he wants in a half court set. It's incredible to watch. doesn't matter who's guarding him. He can slow you down or speed you up or just kind of do this herky-jerky, get you off balance, lean into you and be able to then just elevate or throw a shot fake. He is so crafty. Amen does all of that Almost in fast forward, and I don't mean out of control, I mean at a pace that is rarely seen, and he is 6'7", and if you watch, there are probably a dozen plays this summer league so far, where he has the ball, and if he's not making a quick reversal with the ball, he's assessing the floor, and he's seeing out, he's, he's, he's seeing to see if there's an advantage, right, he's processing And if he has an advantage, which almost always he will be able to take his man off the dribble, watch him get into the paint. And if the big doesn't collapse and leave his man fast enough, he's able to either get a floater off, do a little pull-up kind of push shot, or elevate and either get fouled or finish way above the rim, or even contort his body and finish around a defender. But what winds up happening, especially now in today's NBA, because the defensive schemes are fantastic, not only will one defender come, but multiple defenders will sag in and collapse. And watch how a man deals with this. He's able to hang in the air for so long that he doesn't only he 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 not only can throw a pass out to the corner because he recognizes where the defender came from. He can whip his body midair and throw it to somebody at the top of the arc for an open three. It's wild to watch. It's wild. What he's doing. Is impressive how he does it is what's special he's doing this naturally naturally he's able to get where he wants based on his athleticism based on his instincts and what's so fun so fun is if you adopt this lens even just once if you adopt this lens and you watch Amen or Asar, and you watch the way they process the game, it's not a gaudy, a, you know, an intense viral highlight for them to catch the ball and immediately swing it to an open guy in the corner or to catch the ball, take one power dribble and get, in, get free throw line, maybe free throw line extended and elevate and throw a skip pass, two-hand, almost soccer throw-in style, whilst in the air, to the opposite corner to a shooter. That's not always going to be on a highlight reel. But that makes the lives of their teammates so much easier. Defense has to be on their heels at all time. That is how they play the game just naturally it's oh those two can guard almost anyone and when I say almost you know the hesitation is for players like Embiid or Jokic you know the colossal bigs with nimble feet and incredible hands and touch You just gotta, you gotta try to contain him. You know, it's like that old, what was it on NBA street or NBA jam? I think it was NBA street, whereas um, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. That's what it's like for them. Um, But outside of obviously those two who are, you know, the last two MVPs we've had, the twins can guard almost anyone and they can drive on almost anyone. What I think is fascinating is that you know when we think about how with these two, we'll be drawn to, to to those that are you know or to to how easy the game comes to them, and if we kind of adopt that lens, you know holistically and and, and that's how we view even an entire game of basketball like just one game. The players that will jump out are the pl- or, or or what will jump out or um excuse me. You'll be so drawn to how easily the game and how naturally it comes to certain players. It'll just jump off the screen at you. And when I say easy, I don't mean a lack of effort. I mean more instinctual. I mean more natural because it appears effortless that way to players natural abilities or gifts. So it's wild the process and the way in which the Thompson twins play Because let's start with how they move. I mean, I know we've already been talking about them, but from a tangible sense, how they move is different. The way in which they run, jump, cut, pivot, sit in a defensive stance, shuffle, recover. The way in which they do those things is different. They have the ability, kind of like we talked about a second ago with Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, they both have the ability to almost appear like they're jogging, but what's different for these two is they are almost, I mean, they are flying past other players. Flying past them. Flying past them. There was a highlight the other day of Amen where there's a rebound and he outlets the pass and then he just starts running. And it doesn't even look like he's in a in a dead sprint, but he is zooming past everyone. And it's the same thing with the SAR. Whether they're bringing the ball up or not, they move at a different speed, at a completely different speed. And also with their verticality, not uh, not just the the way they move, um, you know, laterally. Or um, north and south, the way in which they elevate. There are moments where it doesn't look like they've planted long enough to launch, and yet they're the next thing you know they're way above the rim, or they're way above an outstretched hands of a, the outstretched hands of a big to snag a rebound. Watch how they jump. Watch how they run. Watch how they shuffle. Watch how active their hands are. You don't need to look at how many steals they had. You don't need to see their shooting percentage. Right now, they're figuring out how to play the game, just as they were at Overtime Elite. Watch how they do it. Don't focus on if they're playing against a second string. Don't focus on if they're playing against um, a prep school at Overtime Elite. Don't focus on who. Focus on how they're playing the game of basketball because it is gorgeous, beautiful, inspiring, And it will allow you to fall in love with the game of basketball. As opposed to find dopamine and thrill in hot takes. Try it. One of my favorite dynamics when it comes to scouting prospects is contrast. Big but nimble. Small, but strong. I love contrast. I think it's really, really fun. The contrast that the Thompsons have, they both have this. Not with each other. I'm saying with peers, with the other draft class members, with the rest of the league. Is that they are able, you know, they're—they think of their situations. They both went to young up-and-coming teams that are, that are full of talent. It is uh, cornucopias of talent, right? The Pistons and the Rockets are loaded with young talent. Absolutely loaded. And these two are somehow able to simultaneously mesh with those around them and stand out. I know it's like an oxymoron how it it, it's contradictory how is that possible it's not as possible if you focus on what if you focus on who it becomes possible when you focus on how how they adapt to those around them combined with how they naturally play the game will cause you to go wow All of a sudden, this offense is clicking while saying, wow, there's nothing in the stat sheet for that. But the way that Assar just recovered, saved the ball, sprinted down, and then swung a pass that was then swung again to the corner, that play doesn't exist. That basket never happens without Assar Thompson. It doesn't happen. So, I mean, these are divine prospects in the way that they play the game. I'm not trying to put an expectation that these are the next goats by any means. I'm saying I love watching these two play basketball. It makes me want to go outside and shoot. It makes me want to go into the gym and play pickup watching these two play basketball. It's inspiring. I would want to teach a child how to play basketball like the Thompson Twins. Now, I'm not saying my child is going to be six foot seven and jump out of the gym. But you understand the sentiment. And now we're watching it in preseason. We watched it in the summer league. We didn't get to see as much of a man because in the first game, um, he tweaked his ankle. Um, Sorry about that. Um, In the first game, he tweaked his ankle. In the uh, Rico Hines runs, those, again, those open runs, those open runs, and again, we are, for this exercise, we are not focusing on who, okay? We are not focusing that on the context that this is just a pickup game in a, in a random gym. We're gonna focus on how. Asar, this is a trendy statement, but he understood the assignment, even in pickup. He was guarding the best player on the other team. And if Cade was there, he deferred to Cade and played off-ball, constantly cutting, screening, picking and popping, picking and rolling, outletting and transition, running the floor hard, you know, cutting backdoor for alley-oops, moving the ball. That's not to say, oh, he is shying away from a moment. No, 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 no. He's recognizing that Cade processes the game at an extraordinary high level. And right now, coming off of injury, it's best for Cade to get reps on ball. Asar instinctively is doing that. Just instinctively. You know, in some of these games, because they're recorded, this is a time maybe to have a viral clip, to gain some notoriety. To go viral, to gain gain some flair, right? To gain a couple followers, maybe a couple endorsements. That's not what Osar was doing. He was just hooping. He was just playing the game. And in moments when he wasn't playing with Cade, he immediately became a little more of a facilitator. The ball was in his hands a little bit more. How he adapted, and again, meshed while also standing out, was so Impressive from a scouting standpoint, from a basketball appreciation standpoint, from just a pure lover of the game. I was just drooling watching this, let alone in preseason. Those jumpers that Amen was hitting the other day, what a bonus, what a bonus. Because if you have followed the Thompson Twins, if you followed them and you also follow basketball media, you've heard the speculation and the hesitancy to crown them next because folks have been worried about their shooting. They're, they're, they're worried about their ability to make shots and to be a threat with the ball in their hands because of shooting percentages. I wanna direct you to a couple of clips where your worries will float away and they are not on a basketball court. They are clips pre-draft and also in the middle of last season at Overtime Elite where those two were interviewed almost like a day of the life or um, maybe like it was like a, like just a little promo clip on uh, Overtime Elite's Instagram or there were a couple um, literally like pre-draft um kind of segments if you want to call them that where they were quizzed about the nba one of them was you know we're going to give you a letter and you name players that start with that letter another one was hey um i'm going to name two players and i want you to say who was drafted higher or lower you know what you immediately get to see they are fans of the game they are obsessed with the NBA, they live and breathe basketball, and especially the NBA. Do you know how refreshing and beautiful that is? You know, that, that's one thing that I, I think Kevin Durant, when you talk about pure hoopers, not just on the court, but off the court. KD has talked about many times. You know, I, I'm, I'm always just, I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm watching a game. You know, when I'm not at practice, when I'm not at the gym, I'm watching. He just loves the game. LeBron's like that too. And it doesn't mean that the opposite of that is not true. Look at Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, by all accounts, when he went through the parade, had a great time. But again, by what we're able to witness, he then goes back home to Serbia, sees his family, sees his horses, and enjoys that you don't have to be obsessed with the game to be great but in this in in this nuanced example of the thompson twins it has to the the perception of their shooting ceiling it's almost irresponsible to cast doubt on on two players that even made a choice instead of going to college they chose an alternative route where they not not only made a bunch of money, they were able to essentially lock themselves in a gym for two years, surrounded by other prospects hoping to do the same, getting high level strength and conditioning training, high level coaching. They were able to just play basketball, to work on their craft, their art, their game. And when you watch those interviews, does knowing an obscure basketball player and being able to recite it off the top of your head at a moment's notice for a men and a czar, does that directly affect your jump shot? No. But if we look at this as an entire player, right? As an entire process, as an experience, that matters. Because that's the type of player that would that wants to be in the gym right and we just see that every step of the way what we have access to hints that these are two these are twins that are in love with the game of basketball and it shows in their play style because it's infectious it is contagious it is gorgeous the way that they play basketball And what a beautiful bonus it is that these two are in six, seven frames with out of this world, athleticism, dexterity, coordination, balance, stop and start, um, explode, you know, like agility. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. So that to me all falls under how, how they value the game they love it by all accounts right by what we can soak in they love the game it almost reminds me of nowadays with with sports trading cards i i love uh, basketball cards and right now with some of the panini cards um, that's the brand that makes cards if you're not familiar some of the cards on the back will show height and weight and some raw stats and there might be one paragraph maybe about kind of where that player's at at that given moment and that's it it's relatively barren if you look at the mid 2000s and even the late 90s at the back of like a tops or a fleer or an upper deck card you see birthday. You see place of birth. You see you know the college they went to. You see all these stats. You see multiple paragraphs. It reminds me of even two K. I grew up in, in in an era where there was an obsession with playing the association or the dynasty mode, which I think now is considered My NBA. I believe it's called, um, where it, you just went deep with these players. And you knew everything about them because you played for years and years and years far into the future. And these players just became second nature to you. And it wasn't about just all this like, like, like quick turnover and surface level understanding. It was like in depth obsession. And of course, that's from my vantage point of what I experienced. And if you experience something different, then, then that's great. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Or if you're experiencing something different now, if you are part of a different gen- generation, I'm not saying one is better than the other. What I'm saying is it's fascinating for me specifically, personally, again, my opinion, that the Thompson twins almost like are are, are fans of the NBA. They're fans. They love the game. That to me is absolutely awesome. I, I, I can't get enough. I really can't get enough. Um and so back to the how. They were given a lot of flack for their competition level that they were playing against. Who they played against. Overtime Elite scrimmaged, and in their regular season, they not only played against each other almost like intra squad games, um, but they also played Against some prep schools, right? So these are kids that are not just high school age, but there's a couple that are postgraduate. So it's like someone that would be the the age range of a college freshman, right? They would be at a prep school, and there were many different draft and basketball outlets that were critical of the Thompsons because they were playing at OTE, and as we just went through they put themselves in a situation to prepare for the nba in a way that almost reflects pure basketball love i mean look somebody that can love basketball as much as them can totally go to duke can totally go to um you know, UTEP, it doesn't matter the school and play college basketball and still make it to the NBA and they can have that college experience, right? The wondering, well, what would they do if they were playing in the SEC or the ACC or the Big East? Would they be able to do this if they were playing Villanova? Well, for one, that's impossible to tell, but for two, like why why focus on that why don't we just why don't you just watch them play just just watch the way watch the decision-making watch how they move don't watch it in comparison to those around them just watch them because if you do that you'll not only have a good time you'll be blown away absolutely blown away because that's why they are elite level prospects and so if you have the opportunity, maybe maybe you wanna to go to college. Maybe that's the best route for you, to be a household name, to make the NCAA tournament, to do all of that. Or I love the fact that there's an alternative route now, that you can make a few million. You can focus on your craft and your skill and your art in a brand new facility full of lights and flare, that you have access to a gym, literally keys to a gym at all times. That you are surrounded by peers that have the same exact goals as you. That there aren't distractions that college brings. That you also have a meal plan. You have dorms slash apartments there. And you, similar to almost a, how soccer um, or football around the world is done, it's almost like an academy. Overtime is somewhat like an academy. And for such natural basketball players, Going to a basketball academy really resonates from a distance when you look at where they are now. The basketball landscape is changing with Overtime Elite, with the G League Ignite, with even the Next Stars program, with the NBL in Australia. There are now more options for players coming out of high school or even while they're in um, the last few years of high school, certain prospects are going to keep choosing them. Let's, as a basketball collective, as a basketball fandom, if you like the NBA draft and you absorb this content, let's be open to alternative pathways. We don't need to judge these players for the decisions they make for their lives. Let's just watch them play basketball. It's not that serious. It's not serious enough to be incredibly negative and limiting and restrictive, right? To restrict amen and in a SARS ceilings because of the perception they can't shoot based on... What a, a shooting percentage during their their last year at Overtime Elite. Why? What, wh- wh- why? Again, who does that benefit? Focus on the process, focus on how they play the game. And it is so fun. It's so fun. Like, I'm literally sitting here and I can't wait to watch either of them play again. I can't wait to watch any game, honestly it's all fun. Oh, it's all fun. And again, this is in one of the earlier episodes of this podcast. If you go back, this is meant to be an alternative. There are plenty of podcasts out there that will talk about, um, that will be much more critical here. I want to celebrate And it is incredibly easy to celebrate the Thompson twins when you just open your eyes and watch how they play the game. It's absolutely gorgeous. Because again, it's not what Asar does or not what Amen does. It's how they do what they do. If you focus on that, the what is a bonus. The who, a bonus. Oh wow, a man scored on uh, somebody from prol- Prolific Prep. Oh wow, a man scored on um, Grant Riller. Oh wow, a man scored on Kawhi Leonard. Are there differences in those players? Perhaps. How did he score those baskets? What was he doing? You know, let's look at the the way in which he did it. To circle back around because I know this is a long rave but again these are two of my favorite prospects and you know this is not an exact science because you know as as I mentioned er earlier this is not as quantitative as it is qualitative right there this isn't just there isn't just one numeral to represent the idea of a philosophy you know i'm i'm practicing this as i go because i'm discovering as as a scout and as just an amateur basketball fan the way in which i want to view the game and if there's a way to articulate that or to work through how to articulate that that could help someone else that could become a new way to view um the game or or even like a more healthy way to evaluate prospects then that's a beautiful thing. And I feel like that's worth sharing. But again, to circle back around, how the twins play is how basketball should be taught. It's free. It's open. Selfless. It's improvisational. While also taking into account advantageous situations. It's contagious. It's fun. And that's the biggest you know, point of emphasis. It seems like the Thompsons are having fun when they play. And the next time you go play pickup, you might not be again 6-7 and can windmill on somebody from a drop step. But guess what? You can share the ball. You can take a second real quick. And instead of my world, you know, you can you can try and emulate some of the things you see the Thompson Twins do. Because it is, to put it simply, a fun way of playing basketball. And it'll be fascinating to see how quickly both teams, the Rockets and the Pistons, adopt their style of basketball. Because these are intriguing situations, again, full of talent. Look at the rosters of the Pistons and the Rockets. Those are two of, you know, you could say the Thunder, there's a couple other teams in there. These are two of the most talented rosters in the league. They have their ceiling, the ceilings of these teams is outrageous. Outrageous. But recently there's been some media speculation and some outlets questioning how does this all fit? You know, what what is this team going to do this year? Are they going to win games actually? What what's going to be the the relationship between these players on the court? Well, a way that it can fit, of course, is through coaching, through culture, through scheme, through personnel. Another way is through motherboards of players, central communication hubs of connectivity. You know, essentially players that are hosts. Do you know who are hosts? You guessed it the twins. They're, they are motherboards of players. Everything can go through them, whether or not they have the ball or not. They could set the tone of how the Rockets and the Pistons will play the game of basketball. The talent around them is absurd. And the Pistons and Rockets, and honestly, basketball fans in general, it's a, it is a gift that we get to watch the Thompson Twins because they are inspiring. And if you watch how they play, it'll make you want to go play pickup because they involve their teammates. The way that they, how they score, how they rebound, how they defend. It's fun. Because I mean, they are here and they are ready now. It doesn't mean where they played before this, who it was against. It doesn't matter what their shooting percentages were. they are here and let's enjoy them and let's start our relationship with the thompson twins by witnessing how they play the game and enjoying that and appreciating that and trying to emulate that and being fans of that because what they do what they do is top tier it is Some of the stuff that they do is elite already, already. The way Amen gets wherever he wants at any time and distributes the basketball, the way they both finish around the rim, the way that they create separation, the way that they move in transition, the way Asar seamlessly switches onto anyone, right? What they're doing is elite, top tier. And who they do it against just continues to impress you saw it as you saw them do it against prep school kids in uh at overtime elite you saw it do it you you see them do it um now in the preseason you saw them do it in a, in an open run setting and now you see it you see them do it against some of the NBA's best in the preseason and you're going to continue to see them do it in the regular season and hopefully soon the playoffs So what they do is top tier. They are truly special because of how they play the game of basketball, though. So even if you had a lens that was more um, critical, right? A belief system that was skeptical when it came to watching the Thompson Twins before. That's totally fine. It's in the past. This season and maybe it's a call to action. Open up with wonder. Enjoy these outrageously fun brothers. Just as we used to, you know, marvel at Giannis gliding down the court. Start with the how and the process, and I can guarantee you it will be a refreshing new way to consume basketball, especially from an from a scouting standpoint. I mean, these past few years, I transitioned to this form of watching handing out flowers i mean to be consistent with the brand sunflowers and you know giving love appreciating players in this beautiful game of basketball we don't need to live and die by the outcome or attach to preconceived limitations that we hear or read let's see them for how they play the game. Basketball is full of nuance. And maybe it's not ours to take so seriously. Maybe it's not. So let's not do that. Let's be light. I mean, it's not perfect. This isn't meant to be perfect. It's just meant to be present. Because sometimes the goal is just to put yourself in a situation to play the game at the highest level and that's just to make the NBA and see what happens after that. You get to figure it out. Figure it out along the way. Which directly leads to the next podcast. Next time, let's give some flowers to another prospect that was incorrectly labeled and was ridiculed for the way in which they played the game of basketball. Let's give some love to Amani Bates. Before today's episode, for this hour-long celebration of the Thompson twins, and attempt at defining one of the core philosophies of scouting here, because you know it's interesting to take a concept and to try to you know formulate it and and to, and to um, oh see my dog agrees in the background um it's an interesting way in which to do that uh to you know to just kind of freestyle and try to figure out as you go but that kind of emulates that's um somewhat in parallel with kind of the subject of this is we uh, you know i got to find out how this came out just the same way we get to find out um how these players figured out along the way in their nba careers Uh, If you like this style, um, again, I have in the bio of this podcast, um, or the description rather, there is a link tree. And in the link tree, there will be a, there's an email icon and you can email. um, If you disagree, if you vehemently disagree and you want to, you know, um, tell me your thoughts, all ears, always all ears to any kind of response. Um, Positive, negative, negative questions, comments, whatever, um, feel free to shoot an email off and, um, I'll try to get back to that and, or read some of those, um, during a future mailbag episode, um, coming up soon in the next, honestly, in the next week, um, as I previewed, we're going to do, uh, um, a mini episode. So it probably won't be an hour long, um, but no promises. Uh, we'll talk about Imani Bates and, then we are going to do team previews, and then a couple other um, kind of zoomed out looks as uh, looks at this next season as it rapidly approaches. Because again, I mean, uh, this is being recorded on Wednesday, October eighteenth, and I believe the season starts next Tuesday, the twenty fourth. I might be off on a few days there, but that's I believe that's when it starts. So um, got a lot to get in over the next couple of days, but regardless, um, there's going to be a lot of content here on the channel so if you enjoyed this or if you're curious um feel free to uh follow or subscribe wherever you are listening to this wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully we can uh you know form a bond throughout the season and be able to enjoy this beautiful game of basketball starting with the thompson twins i mean we'll we'll do a wemby episode at some point because um, if you've watched preseason, whew, he's been remarkable, absolutely remarkable, remarkable. It's so fun to watch players just experiment and, and just, um, I can't remember what, what the origin of this is, but uh, explore the studio space. Just kind of explore, just kind of feel it out and figure it out. So let's watch how players play the game of basketball. I really appreciate you being with me. As always, um, this is Sunflowers at Halftime. Celebratory basketball content. Always grateful. Much love. Till next time.